This episode of Comics for Fun and Profit is brought to you by Threadless. More importantly, the Comics Fun Profit shop on Threadless at comicsfunprofit.threadless.com where you can find, oh, about half a dozen different designs, plenty of Comics for Fun and Profit themed merch. If you just want a t-shirt, you're good. And if you want sweatshirts or other swaggy items, man, you can get anything. Phone cases, shower curtains. It runs the gamut. Skateboards, I think. <laughs> so check that out. Uh, we've already sold several. We're excited about the fact that the folks that want to support us in this way are able to and uh, wear our merch out into in the real world. That's pretty exciting stuff. So... Uh, yeah, get your comics for fun and profit, branded items at comicsfunprofit.threadless.com. Aloha, it's Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing friends of the podcast, Chris Doc White and Gavin Hignite. They are here with, with their friend, Jennifer Fisher. Now, I have interviewed Doc and Gavin before. That was in episode 636 that came out on May 5th of 2021. Wow, that was a long time ago, guys. That really was. so. <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are here to promote the Nancy Drew retro-style action figure Kickstarter. Now, this campaign is live and will end on May 17th. Nancy Drew has been a part of pop culture since 1930. That started off with the novels, then movies, TV show, video games, comics, and so forth. Doc, Gavin, and Jennifer, welcome to the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. How are you guys doing today? It's a fantastic well, day. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, yeah doing good. Cannot complain. Thank you very much. Now, um, I'm just going to go over... Doc and Gavin, I'm just going to go over your brief history, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong or on anything. So, Doc is a writer-producer who has worked on Napoleon Di the Napoleon Dynamite movie, and for TV, he's worked on The Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and Star Wars Resistance. Gavin is also a writer-producer who has worked on Star Wars Resistance, Marvel's Spider-Man, and has written a webcomic called The Concrete World that is now available in a trade paperback from Rebel Sidekick Studios. Also, too, Doc and Gavin founded Wandering Planet Toys. And correct me if I'm wrong, that was was that back in 2020 or 2021? Oh, uh, Doc, is that 2020? Uh, I mean, I think it was 2021. Okay, officially. Yeah, with the pandemic, it seems like it was 10 years ago. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were talking about it for a long time before that. But I think yeah. officially 2021. Yeah. That's when we went out with the prisoner. Yeah. Yes. And then I'm going to touch and I'm going to come back towards the end to talk a little bit about your the prisoner um, from the TV show, the, that toy line as well. Cool. Now, Je um, Jennifer, are you okay if I call you Jen? Yeah, or that's fine. So Jen is an attorney and is a Nancy Drew consultant um, for movies. She was a consultant on the 2007 Nancy Drew movies, two books. The uh, Nancy Drew pocketbook mysteries to merchandise. She has given lectures about Nancy Drew around the country and has written articles that have appeared in the LA Times and the Sleuth, to name a few. She is a collector of Nancy Drew memorabilia and she is currently writing a biography of Carolyn Keene, 
now correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Mildred Worth Benson, the real Nancy Drew, and she is the president of the Nancy Drew Sloop. Jen, first off, um, did you want, do you, do you need to correct anything, any of my information on that? Or? No, that's perfect. Perfect. And then also too, I want to ask you this question. Who is Carolyn Keene? Carolyn she Keene, mm -hmm. yeah, she's a pen name. It's a pseudonym for various authors over the years uh, that were ghostwriters writing for the Stratemeyer Syndicate and currently Simon & Schuster. Um, so it's been different people. The first Carolyn Keene was Mildred Ward Benson, who you mentioned, you know, I'm writing a book about. Um, for the classic Nancy Drew series of the first 56, which these action figures are based on, there were eight ghostwriters for that entire 1930 to 1979 run. Um, there's been many, many since then. <laughs> All right. No, thank you very much. Now, Doc and Gavin, um, did you guys want to add anything, you know, or want to point out anything, any of your um, previous work? Yeah, well, uh, I'll point out something that fascinates me is that uh, Jen also has curated uh, a, a Nancy Drew, basically museum experience that's worth mentioning. Oh, Okay. So I'm, I'm oh, yeah. So I'll just I'll just briefly tell you. Um, in 2019, right at the end of 2019, right before the crazy pandemic we went through, mm -hmm. uh, I donated my entire Nancy Drew collection, or most of it, to the Toledo Public Library. So in the downtown branch, um, you can, you know, I donated over 4,000 items: books, collectibles, uh, ephemera, memorabilia, and they have a room in the children's section of the downtown library it's a huge library it's beautiful um the children's section is phenomenal they have a mystery room that's kind of vintage to the start of the library the wood the architecture everything in that room is so cool and my collection a bunch of it is in that room some of it's down in a mm -hmm. special secret archive uh, they rotate it out so but yeah so fans can go to toledo ohio and just kind of like go to it's almost like a nancy drew museum in and of itself and there's original cover art uh so it's pretty mm -hmm. cool jen i'm sorry i'm going to continue on um, yeah okay yeah so now before i start the interview i want to give a big shout out to hannah behedry of super fan promotions you know hannah thank you very much for you know asking us the you know asking us the comics for fun and profit podcast you know, to do this interview and doing all the behind the scenes work, you know, ranging from coordinating this interview. Um, Gavin, Doc, and Jen, do you guys want to add anything to that? Uh, no, uh, Hannah's fantastic. Yeah, just our appreciation to uh, David and Hannah and uh, just the great care they put us under as we try to get the word out about uh, these figures. Yeah, they've been amazing. And then I also want to give a shout out to um the beat and their article that they wrote on on this kickstarter campaign the blog of comics culture i got yeah and i'm sorry it's so i got it from the beat and it's the blogs of comics culture i got some of the information from their article that was dated on april 7th of this year 2023 and it was titled wandering planet boys to launch nancy drew toy line kickstarter campaign by Timor dar now, if listeners, if you guys get a chance, please check out that article. All right, I'm going to start off. Doc, I'm going to start off with you, then Gavin, then Jen. Now, where can listeners follow you on social media? Uh, I'm on Twitter mm -hmm. uh, still. <laughs> yes. No blue check mark, but it's <laughs> definitely me. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm also uh, on Instagram, so I could be followed uh, uh, on uh, as uh, Otherland71. That's O T H E R L A N D 71 on Twitter and Instagram. Gavin? And I'm going to change my Twitter to official Doc Wyatt and get a check mark. So <laughs> could get a little awkward. Uh, so I'm I'm active mainly on Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. Gavin Hignite, uh, just my name, mm-hmm. in, you know, Instagram. Uh, and then Wandering Planet Official uh, is yes. our uh, official Wandering Planet Instagram uh, and Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are also great places to see what we're up to. Jen, and where can listeners Okay, fall? so, yeah, so we are, our Nancy Drew fan group, um, we have a presence, and then I myself as Nancy Drew expert have a presence on different ones. So we have Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. Nancy Drew fans, and at Nancy Drew expert. Um, and then we are on Facebook, um, mm-hmm. and you can find us on Facebook. We have just searching the the groups. We have Nancy Drew book fans. Mm-hmm. That's our most active group. Uh, we mm-hmm. have groups for the games, groups for the TV show. We have a book mm-hmm. club where people read the books. We have a book hunting group, a book sale group. So yeah, you can find us through the main mm-hmm. Nancy Drew fans, mm-hmm. Nancy mm-hmm. Drew book fans there. And then, um, Let's see, Pinterest, we're on there as well. And Nancy Drew Sleuths and Nancy Drew Expert. You can see a lot of the collection that I donated to Toledo and mm-hmm. stuff I still have here at home um, on Pinterest boards. Um, and then um, let's see, Instagram, Nancy Drew Expert and Nancy Drew Sleuths there. So you can find us at all those places. Oh, and then my website, nancydrewsleuth.com and then uh, nancydrewfans.com for our fan group. Thank you very much, Jen. Thank you, very- Thank you, guys. So now, before we start talking about the Nancy Drew campaign, um, Doc and Gavin, you know, just for our list, you know, for new listeners, may I ask, can you guys give a brief history of how, you know, Wandering Planets got started? I know you guys said that you guys were talking about it, then you finally decided to launch it, I believe, like in 20, either 2020 or 2021. Yeah, uh, so... Doc and I, uh, you know, we worked together in in various uh, creative capacities doing the writing stuff on like, you know, animated series, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff for like Marvel and uh, Transformers and, uh, you know, uh, that kind of fun stuff. Uh, and the whole time while doing that, uh, when we should have been working, we were probably talking about toys um, because we're both avid toy collectors mm-hmm. and um, it's just a, you know, a, a passion we both shared uh we are both kind of do-it-yourselfers and and make things happen kind of people and there was just a point where it felt like well we love doing or we love this art form and this collectible so much and we're very opinionated and there's things we feel like are missing from our toy shelves yes and one of those things was the prisoner you know from the Mm -hmm. classic tv show and we just kind of, uh, you know, I will say Bill at Fresh Monkey Fiction uh, had become a friend of ours. Yes. Uh, and Bill um, really helped, you know, shepherd us in as we were like navigating the waters of let's do a toy for the first time. So as you know, uh, uh, rolling up our sleeves and kind of jumping into a pool we'd never swam in. Yes. Uh, and at the same time, being helped by people like Bill, mm-hmm. um, by people like Chris over uh, Amazo Toys. Uh, and, you know, my gosh, here we are. 
we're jumping into a new one, you know, a, a prisoner we're glad to say went really well for us. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the toys came out exactly as we intended, yes. uh, which is not always the case for everyone. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, we're, uh, still learning and, and improving on some aspects, like, you know, the boring stuff that's like fulfillment and shipping, mm -hmm. but, um, uh, you know, which is crucial <laughs> besides oh, yes. being tedious. Um, so yeah, we just kind of, we wanted to do it. So we jumped in. Doc, do you want to add anything to that? No, I mean, that's a perfect summary. I mean, really it was, um, it was something, it was Gavin who's, it was his idea at first and he brought it to me and it was like, well, we, we have to do this. We have mm -hmm. to do the prisoner. Um, you know, I mean, uh, just that show meant so much to me as a kid. And uh, so being able to sort of celebrate it and remember it and advance it through the toys, just mm -hmm. an honor. Um, listeners, real quickly, uh, um, when Gavin said um, Bill's name, um, you know, because um, he has his, um, because correct me if I'm wrong, Gavin, Fresh Monkey has their, their they did the, um, they had the Eagle Line Force. Um, yeah, they they um they started out strong with the Eagle Force returns. Yes. And for you know folks who aren't super hardcore 80s toys fans, the original Eagle Force were like little maybe like three and a half inch die cast yes. soldier toys that you know G.I. Joe just completely blew out of the market. Um yeah. they I think the originals were from Remco. They're really neat, interesting little toys. And Bill brought them into the scale and style of G.I. Joe uh, as, you know, one of the early people to go to Kickstarter and say, I'm going to make a toy line and talk about someone who who really paved a road and, and you know, learned um, some hard lessons with uh -huh. like factories overseas and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I was a fan of what he was making. That's how I met him is because I was buying all those toys. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah. I have all the Eagle Force stuff. I love oh it. And, you know, I met him at conventions and just kept talking about toy stuff. And mm -hmm. turned out Doc knew him from uh, some other. We, we both knew him mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. independently of each other. Yes. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of valuable uh, insights and lessons and relationships to to help us with. Gavin, Doc, thank you very much. Okay, now I'm going to start talking about the campaign. Now, in the campaign video, Jen, I love the reference because you, Doc, and Gavin, you know, um, worked on this campaign, and I love how you you reference the three of you as Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I think Doc and I appreciate that too. We've, yeah, we've been elevated. Like, yeah, we had to sleuth around a lot to get this going, especially the Hardy Boys here. <laughs> it's true. All right. So, Jennifer, I'm going to start off with a question, and then and Doc and Gavin, I'm going to you know <laughs> ask you to join in, or please feel free to just jump in too. So, Jennifer, I'm going to ask you for our listeners. Um, I, I don't know too much about Nancy Drew, only from the TV series back in the 70s. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am that old. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now, first, who is Nancy Drew? Well, Nancy Drew is this teenage sleuth 
who lives in River Heights, uh, which could be anywhere. Uh, and she loves to solve mysteries. Uh, she helps others. She writes wrongs. She saves the day, uh, solving baffling mysteries and loves to do it. And that's basically her life. Uh, she has some good friends that follow her along on adventures, a special friend or boyfriend, Ned Nickerson, a cute little dog named Togo. Uh, so, you know, she's just, uh, she's just a phenomenon, especially when she began in the thirties. Mm -hmm. Doc, I'm going to ask, do you want to add anything to that? Uh oh, Doc is. Did we lose Doc? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I, <laughs> I pulled my phone away from uh, the ear, phone away from the ear for just a second. Would you ask again? I'm sorry. So I asked Jennifer, like, who is Nancy Drew? She explained who Nancy mm -hmm. Drew was, and I asked you, know, do you want to add anything to that, Doc? Because I know. No, in... oh, that is a perfect summary mm -hmm. of who Nancy Drew is. And then also, to, but you know what, Doc? I'm going to point out. I love the fact because you you mentioned something about that um, the popularity. In, in the Beat article, you mentioned the popularity of the book in the 1930. You know, yeah. Well, she she launched in the 19 in 1930, the year 1930, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, they, she instantly uh, caught fire. I mean, the kids were uh, passing the books around during the Depression, like uh, you know, like trading them like baseball cards and and reading them and rereading them and and handing them around. Um, she was, uh, uh, you know, I mean, you read some of these, uh, some of the books today, and it might seem kind of mild by today's standards, but by 1930, she was a firebrand. She mm -hmm. was standing up to adults. She was contradicting adults. Um, she was, uh, you know, she would get kidnapped and she would get herself out mm -hmm. of trouble. She wouldn't wait for uh, some guy to do it or wait for the police. Um, mm -hmm. She trespasses all the time. <laughs> She commits breaking and entering in the service of solving crimes. I mean, mm -hmm. she was bold. She mm -hmm. was courageous and she didn't need um, anybody. She had uh, her sort of her Dr. Watson's were Bess and George, um, but uh, they were they're a very little help, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and uh, she sort of does it all. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, was a, a role, I mean, for the 1930s. I mean, that's to have a young female lead in an adventure type series or yes. in a crime or mystery type series is is fairly commonplace today. I mean, to be honest, we still need more of it. But mm -hmm. in 1930, it was just like a door opening. Gavin, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, I mean, I think uh, these two have definitely completely laid it out. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm like you, my, my first exposure was the 70s tv series so um which was a pretty cool show um yes. and i remember watching it as a family mm -hmm. um but uh, um you know i would go on to discover the books around that time mm -hmm. and, and the art on the books left a huge impression on me because it was so evocative of story mm -hmm. um but yeah um i'm like a 70s nancy drew uh kid like you yes because and for and I'm just going to just briefly say yes for um, listeners uh, when Nancy Drew came out in the 1970s, you know Pamela Sue Martin. That's that's all I you know I remember that was the first time I saw that was you know she the she was the actress who played Nancy Drew in that TV series and then the Hardy Boys of course you know um, Sean Cassidy David Cassidy's brother 
and um Parker Stevens. Parker Stevens Stevens Stevenson. Yeah, Parker Stevenson. You know, I can't remember the actor's name too well, but yeah, those were the actors that played Nancy Drew and the Hardy. But yes. Um, I know I know for a fact that I think my mom watched the show because she had a crush on the Hardy boys. <laughs> as as a kid, you know, you don't realize those things, but now that I remember back, I'm like, she really liked that feathered hair. She was really into those guys. <laughs> All right. So um now Jennifer, like Doc has mentioned that, you know, that Nancy Drew back in the 30s was courageous. She was bold. She she and when she stood up, I, I think when she stood up to adults, it wasn't out of rebellion. It was more of, no, this is what's really going on. Please listen to, you know, these are the facts. This is what's happening. Now, I'm going to ask you, because when I read the Wikipedia, I'm going to ask you, what kind of impact did Nancy Drew have on young women? And because she has an impact even, you know, recently, you know, in the, you know, so can I ask you about that? Yeah, I mean, for many generations, so many different women and men too have read these books and treasured them and kind of considered her a role model. Mm -hmm. And she was inspiring because she showed a different side of womanhood. She wasn't just this domestic girl living at home, you know, taking care of the household. She yeah. did that to a degree in the books, but, um, you know, she was motherless. So she didn't have all those constraints. She had a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. Most kids, you know, they have a mom saying, you can't go out and do that. Mm -hmm. She didn't have that. And her dad treated her like an equal, which most kids don't have their parents treating them like an equal, you know, mm -hmm. their children, and they have that place and that role. And so Nancy was this exciting, you know, person that was going out and having these adventures that most mm -hmm. kids couldn't have other than vicariously through her. Yeah. And so it was inspiring. And so, so many women and men have cited her as an influence. I mean, from police officers, detectives, lawyers, um, even doctors, teachers, mm -hmm. librarians. I mean, you could go on and on all the way up to the Supreme Court. Most of the women on the Supreme Court have cited Nancy Drew as an influence in their lives, which is pretty amazing. I like to joke that you could read a Nancy Drew book, become a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> Not that easy, but it's pretty cool that most of the women on the Supreme Court have talked about Nancy Drew as an influence. Excuse me. So, all right. So thank you very much. So Doc and Gavin, so how did Watering Planets get involved in creating this line of action figure? Well, oh, I have a good is... story. I'm going to interrupt Doc. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Doc, you go ahead and then I'll tell my story. Uh, oh, uh, well, well, I was just going to say it, it, it is kind of interesting uh, in the sense that there are very few toy lines that are based on uh, literary properties, right? I mean, usually like Katniss Everdeen didn't get an action figure till after the movies came out just because yeah. pulling something from literary sources uh, is difficult because uh, anyone who reads a book will imagine the characters a little bit different and, and uh, you know, even well-described characters are going to have differences in people's heads. And so it tends to be after um, there are visual representations of, you know, of something that then action figure line uh, springs out. And Nancy's actually uh, had three different television series over the years. Uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, nine feature films, Jen can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, <laughs> between 1930 and, and uh, until recently, currently has a TV show on the CW that's uh, starting its final season soon, uh, mm -hmm. but has been on the CW for years. And yet there's never an action figure line. I think part of it is that, uh, of course, action figures, the action figure boom in the 80s, sort of Nancy predates by almost 50 years. 
Um, and mm-hmm. and because there have been so many different adaptations of Nancy, uh, it, you know, it's like which which movie are you pulling from? Which TV show are you pulling from? Yes. Like, where do you start if you're representing Nancy Drew? Um, you know, she's for for generations of readers, she's defined as being Titian haired, uh, you know, a redhead. But mm-hmm. in the early days, she was a blonde, and uh, you know. Um, what you know what sort of approach do you take and so um we gavin and i discussed doing the cover art because those great like some of those like gavin just talked about like how influential seeing those covers were for him when he was a kid there's just mm-hmm. such wonderful art in particular an artist named rudy nappy um our figures are based on that particular Nancy cover artist. He wasn't uh, the first um, uh, or the most recent Nancy cover artist, but he did some of those iconic covers in mm-hmm. the 60s that were the ones that we saw on library shelves in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and those are, are some of the ones we're recreating. So it, it in many ways, it's a cover art line of figures as much as it is a, um, a, you know, a line of mystery uh, detective figures. Gavin? Yeah, well, I was just uh, uh, remembering this day that, you know, Doc and I were well under our way on production for Prisoner. Mm-hmm. And he calls me up and he, and he leads with, he starts with, he says, hear me out before you say no. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know what he, where he was coming from. And uh, backstory, you know, Doc uh, and his wife are, are both big Nancy Drew fans, mm-hmm. uh, very well-versed in all the books in the universe. And he pitches to me, he goes, what about, what if we did Nancy Drew? And I was like, yes, instantly. Because I remembered back to when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sneaking around and going where I shouldn't have. And I was in my grandparents' attic on a holiday, you know, holiday break and going through um, boxes that my mom had packed up probably in the, you know, late 60s. Mm-hmm. And there's this box of Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew books, uh, all of this era. And I'm just going through these books one by one, looking at these covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was not a big reader as a kid, but I was getting stories told to me just from this art. Yes. And it left such a strong Im- impression on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, when Doc pitched that, I got brought back to that moment and that joy and that wonder and, and these larger than life dangerous situations they're having to get out, away from on these covers. And I was like, that's a toy. Of course. Yeah, that'd be amazing. So, yeah, it's Doc's fault, basically. <laughs> so, all right. Now, Jen, I'm going to ask you, how did you get involved with the Action Line so I had an email from Doc and Gavin that uh, asked me if I would be interested in consulting and helping them get this off the ground. Mm-hmm. They had done a lot of, you know, pre, pre-production pre work, even I think at that point, kind of coming up with ideas and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to me and I was like, oh, yeah, that would be totally awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the late 70s and 80s. And I love Star Wars and I have, mm-hmm. still have my Star Wars action figures from back then. They're not mint in package, unfortunately, I'm sorry. but I still have my little case with all my little Star Wars figures. And I just, I loved action figures and I don't know why I never thought about Nancy Drew action figures. Mm-hmm. Apparently the powers that be didn't either because we never had them. Um, yeah. You know, for years, fans were always talking about where's the Nancy Drew Barbie? Why haven't we had one of those? And I, I've never yes. been a big doll person, but I love action figures. Yeah. So when they asked me, I was thrilled to just get involved in some way, you know, just to help make this happen. Mm-hmm. 
That is so cool. All right. So, Doc and Gavin, I'm going to ask, you know, um, you guys mentioned that, you know, the Nancy Drew action figures are based off the um, covers of the books. And, you know, because and, and obviously this is going to be an audio podcast, but can I just ask you, can you guys, you know, um, for listeners, can you guys de describe the attention to details, the color of dresses that she wears, accessory and the packaging you know, of this um, of this coin um, line? For sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, OK, well, um, I'll I'll jump in and, and talk about, you know, one lesson learned uh, with Prisoner and with any kind of indie toy manufacturing is that we have to be really economical with mm -hmm. uh, our tooling space. And that's not just limited to the little guys like us. You know, uh, once you start paying attention, you'll notice Hasbro and, and Mattel and all the big, big companies, you know, they're pretty strategic with what they mold in a factory as well. Um, and so our approach, we, we had to do for wave one on Nancy, uh, you know, uh, Nancy Drews that were um, similar but different, you know, that that hearkened to the era, um, but were unique enough in their outfits to where you'd feel like you want, mm -hmm. you know, um, different versions of Nancy because uh, uh, the fashion uh, and the hairstyles uh, are delightfully different um, on many of the covers. So is is us zeroing in on what's iconic, what just is truly speaks Nancy Drew, but then also what within that is strategic and within our means. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like all projects, you learn a ton. You know, I, I didn't know what kind of skirts I was, you know, going to Google when we're looking to make a skirt look <laughs> right for, a, you know, a book cover from 68 versus like 1970. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, we, we did that type of stuff. And then we also realized that, you know, and I think this maybe comes from our, our animation world that, you know, you do bring in people who know more than you. That's, mm -hmm. there's no shame in it. You know, that's actually very smart. So um, we very quickly were like, yeah, we need, you know, um, someone like Jen to help police us and guide us, um, you know, not, not just on packaging, but on every detail of Nancy, because, um, you know, the details are what make a toy cool and valuable. So that was on construction. I'll let Doc speak um, more to the packaging, which I'm just, yes. you know, a, a huge fan of. Yeah, we uh, we sort of very quickly hit upon this idea that the packaging should uh, reflect the books. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we're coming from the cover art. So the book is essential to the concept of the toy line. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Gavin sort of conceived this book packaging concept where you mm -hmm. the we have some standard carded figures you know blister cards mm -hmm. like uh you know people are used to buying action figures off the pegs in in shops mm -hmm. uh but uh for because those are great for the display because you can see the toy through the blister and you know what you're buying mm -hmm. uh but for the kickstarter campaign in particular we've also got these book packages so they sit on the shelf and look like a nancy drew book um they're the same size they have the the same cover art they have the yellow spines but you open up the the book and the figure rests in there in a plastic tray that is removable so you can remove the figures you can put them back in and then you can display the book packages 
on the shelf next to your Nancy Drew books. So there's it's sort of like there's a hidden mystery, a hidden secret inside these packages that which are the figure. Um Gavin or actually I'm gonna actually Jen, I'm gonna start off with you. And then Gavin and Doc, please chime in. What were your reactions when you saw either, I guess, the Nancy Drew prototype figures or the final production? What was your reaction, Jen? Well, when I saw the photos, I was just thrilled. I mean, the figures just came. It's like Nancy came to life off the covers. Mm -hmm. so I can't wait to actually be able to hold them in hand um, and get that tangible you know, connection mm -hmm. to them, but they were just great. I mean, they look like Nancy Drew just jumped right off the covers with her different mm -hmm. accessories and yes. just brings us sort of that mystery in those books we love so much to life. So for me, that was a huge, huge thrill. And, and like they were just saying, the packaging is amazing. Packaging is everything mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And this packaging is amazing. And it's perfect, especially for the book collectors, a lot of whom will be buying these figures is just having something we can put on the shelf like that with a little secret figure inside, you know, nobody knows about necessarily, but you know, you can pull it off the shelf and open mm -hmm. it up and take them out. And that I think was just insanely uh, smart of them to do that. So. Gavin and Thanks. Doc, you, you guys want to <laughs> Thanks, share Jim. your. Mm -hmm. I'm oh, sorry, well just, yeah. So uh, we worked with uh, Jenny Moore. Uh, Jenny is a, a longtime friend and graphic designer uh, that I've known all the way back to um, when I when her and I both worked for Tokyo Pop, if you can believe that. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jenny has gone on to do lots of great design and art, and we brought her in uh, and we're very pleased, you know, when we did The Prisoner. Uh, mm -hmm. And she just, as you know, those packaging, the packaging on those figures is just um is, is as exciting as the toy for sure yes. um mm -hmm. and you know we had every intention to get nancy drew assets to jenny as fast as possible mm -hmm. um and so she came you know um knocked these things out of the park and always you know we'll hit her with rough ideas but then she always elevates everything and 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 you know uh we we give her a bad looking stick figure and then she comes back with you know what you see mm -hmm. um so yeah, that's that's another big part of the process is just working with with Jenny and and letting her, you know, uh, work her magic. Doc, do you want to add anything? Uh, that sums it up. That's perfect. Now, this is going to be a little off the cuff comment, um, you know, because Doc, when you mentioned about you know the Nancy Drew, um, like the um, the figure is like the pack. You, know, you have the you know, the blister cards, but also too, you have the Nancy Drew packaging where it's in the, it's like in a, it's like a book secret case. If, if I'm using the right term where you yeah. open it up, you open it up, you see the figure and you can remove the plastic covering, pull Nancy Drew, the Nancy Drew out figure and display yeah. it on your shelf. That's great. Yeah. She'll sit, she'll sit uh, on the shelf with your books uh, or she'll hide away inside the package. Absolutely. Because this is the perfect, because th this is the perfect segue, Doc, because I remember when we, when we did our first interview about the prisoner, and when we talked about toys, when we were, to you know, played toys as, you know, action figures as kids, I remember you told me that, you mentioned that it's like, you know, we were creating our own stories with action figures, you mm -hmm. know, like, oh my God, that's right. And now as, it's either as, 
you know, adult collectors who love the Nancy Drew, you know, stories and novels and so forth, you know, I'm going to say majority of collectors in some sense, you know, and, and, and you guys have known that they'll, we'll probably buy two action figures. One, we got to keep in that, you know, keep it mint, but we got to pop open, you know, the second one, we have to pop that open because, because secretly when nobody's looking, especially our wives or our husbands, we love to play with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, true. I, listen, story, to, there's a, a big push to make stories more and more interactive, right? And to, to involve people in stories in different ways. That's what AR is about. That's what VR is about. Um, I mean, it's in essence what video games uh, are. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like in, in many ways that's that toys were that. Like for us as we were kids watching Transformers in the 80s, watching G.I. Joe and having the toys in hand, what we could do then is interact with the stories. We could They were storytelling tools mm -hmm. uh, and we could use them to take these characters on these journeys that extended from the screen into the backyard, yeah. into the playground or mm -hmm. you know the sandbox or whatever wherever we could take them with us anywhere road trips and make them less boring yes. um you know toys uh, you know are there's an art to a lot of elements of toy making there's an art to the sculpt there's an art to the engineering of the articulation. There's there's a lot of arts that go into action figure making. But at the end of the day, I think the most exciting thing about them is that you can um, you can photograph them, you can display them, mm -hmm. you can play with them, and you can tell new stories in your favorite worlds. They're a way to tangibly, interactively be a part of the story worlds that you engage with and that you love. And I think that's why they are, um, you know, e e currently adult uh, collecting uh, is on the rise. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, there's a great New York Times article about it. And, uh, you know, I think it's because of this, because it's a storytelling tool. It's a tangibility. And, and you know, there is a lot of uh, intangible in a sort of digital and internet-driven world, which is great, which is helpful and cool. Um, but toys are sort of the opposite of NFTs, right? Like, yes. they're fungible. <laughs> they're fungible tokens, <laughs> right? Like, you can touch them. You can move them. You can um, uh, display them in, in a way that uh, a lot of our world is non-fungible. And this is the, the opposite of that. Gavin, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, I mean, once again, so well said, what do I add, right? But, you know, I, I think one of the things that's really become aware to me is, as a fan who collects and, and as I interact with fans, especially after we did The Prisoner, which was a, like Nancy Drew, a mm -hmm. property that just didn't have a lot of collectibles, uh, mm -hmm. modern collectibles for people, Um these worlds, these fantasy worlds that we love, we want to be able to celebrate them, yes. and we want to be able to particip participate in these worlds. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 hard. And one way to do so is is with a collectible, right? Is with an action figure. Mm -hmm. So it's like you know, I absolutely, um, you know, I I would want more than anything to to be on the Enterprise in Star Trek. It's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. But if I put a little Picard and Riker on my shelf, I'm a one step closer, right? I yes. I get to express that <laughs> that need or that you know mm -hmm. uh, love of that fandom in that way, um, and I think part of the Wandering Planet, I don't know if we have a mission, 
is paying attention to those fandoms that have not yet been rewarded with a collectible. Yes. Um, you know, Nancy's had some other stuff. Jen could probably tell you mm-hmm. every, you know, what collectible, what year, you know, how many were made. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this little niche, which is the act and action figure niche that, that Doc and I are so, um, you know, fond of, we just hadn't seen it mm-hmm. um, like the prisoner. And so it just, it felt right. Jen, do you want to add anything to that? No, I think they did great, but I'll just say, you know, there, there's always a niche to be filled. And mm-hmm. for some reason, nobody ever thought of Nancy Drew action figures. Yeah. Um, so I just, it's, it's almost mind boggling after 90, over 90 years, we haven't had something like this. Mm-hmm. There's been dolls, there's been games, there's been puzzles, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff based on the television show. Mm-hmm. Um, some things based on the books and just cool stuff, but nothing like this. So this to mm-hmm. me just almost revolutionizes and just re-energizes that collectible side of nancy drew so i'm really excited it's it's crazy jen right because it's right out there in front of you she's an action hero she takes action she's very proactive um that is something you know a a kid could replicate with a doll um but it's obviously something that you could you know you could have a little adventures in your house or backyard with with a nancy action figure it'll feel like feel like she's uh, like an extension of the book so it is crazy that it hadn't that line hadn't been crossed someone hadn't come up with it but you know we're glad because <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we want to be the ones to do it yeah yeah and you know the, one of the fans out there on the facebook was joking about how there's an elf on the shelf and now we can have nancy drew on the shelf and she was kind of uh-huh. talking about that so it was it's just cute some of the things the fans come up with um you know to celebrate nancy drew and they're really excited about these action figures that's good right. to hear Gavin, I'm going to start off with you, then Jen and Doc, you know, please, you know, contribute. You know, I know that there are nine tiers and two of them have add-ons. Now, six of the tiers focus on a specific book cover, such as I'm going to like one of the Nancy Drew figures um, is the secret of the old clock. Now, how did you guys select which cover to use to make the figures from? Uh, cool. Well, yeah. Um, thanks for bringing up the tears. And I and I will say because uh, what's interesting about uh, and we had this with Prisoner and, and and we're already seeing it with Nancy Drew, which is awesome, is that um, we're we're having uh, fans of these properties come to Kickstarter for the first time who have not kickstarted stuff and are not familiar with the language of tears or pledges and stuff. So it's it's yes. great that you brought that up so we can better explain. And uh, the point I was going to run to is that. With add-ons, you know, in a Kickstarter, there's like, okay, I'm going to pledge for this figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I sure wanted that that you know that figure on the third tier. With an add-on, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And we've made everything except for the exclusive shirt mm-hmm. uh, in the all-in uh, add-ons. So mm-hmm. um, don't be intimidated if if there is a combination of tiers that that you want and don't see, you mm-hmm. can just do an add-on you know i i want to get the four pack of carded figures but i'd like the uh hidden clock nancy in a book package you can add that on anyways uh, i'll get away from that sales pitch and say that uh, the what figures to do i mean the the hidden clock was that was the figure we knew like Mm -hmm. that's what you lead with that is just so 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 nancy drew um especially um at least for the era that that we're approaching of these book covers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then it was just you know what what book cover makes a good toy you know and and also has a cool um is also a, an artifact from a really good story inside that book cover so that was kind of our approach mm -hmm. um yeah i'd say on this... all of them doc mm-hmm Oh, I, I was going to say, I love every figure we're doing, uh, mm -hmm. but my probably my favorites are the two pack sets that you mentioned the the because they they're both so unique and so cool. Uh, we're doing a book called The Crooked Bannister, which is is it is not. I mean, Secret of the Old Clock, uh, Hidden Staircase. These are. The, Nancy, the iconic Nancy Drew books, right? Crooked Bannister is a little bit more off the radar, and it's a weird one uh, because the story is about, uh, you know, uh, Nancy's father Carson, who was an attorney, has a client who was cheated by a con man. The con man goes missing, and Nancy's enlisted to try to find the whereabouts of the missing con man and it investigates a house that the con man built, but it is a bizarre uh, you know, it's like the Winchester Mystery House. She has to cross a moat of flame to get to the house on like a metal ramp. When she goes in, there is literally a crooked banister, uh, that sort of staircase that leads into nothing. Um, there's secret compartments and just this bizarre house. One of the things is there's this this robot inside that is a tape programmed robot and that attempts to crush the life out of her with its big metal arms, which presumably is a program that, that was programmed in by tape. And it's just so fantastic and fun uh, that um, and so weird and so sort of not nancy doesn't usually do physical battle with robots right mm -hmm. so it's really kind of off the beaten track and uh and so we i was excited that we were doing that we've got the robot and it was it's an excellent sculpt uh by one of the sculptors we worked with and uh it's phenomenal and the other two-pack set is based on lilac inn which is uh mm -hmm. a really the 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 cover of this is is a story in and of itself because what you see in the foreground what you see at the center of the cover is what looks like the ghost of nancy drew uh -huh. and then in the foreground you see the back of the head of someone with black hair looking at the ghost of nancy drew right and it is so bizarre it's like is this nancy's ghost or what is uh -huh. happening uh but in the story Nancy Nancy sort of doesn't have a recurring villain in the Moriarty sense, like Sherlock Holmes does Moriarty. Oh but maybe the closest thing, at least in my mind, and uh, I mean, Jen, correct me, but the closest thing in my mind is the bad guy from the villainess from this book. Her her name is Gay Moreau, and she is an a, a con woman and ex-actress, uh, stage actress, uh, who uses disguises to, to sort of commit her crimes and her forgeries. She's gone to jail for forgery. Mm -hmm. And what you're seeing on this cover is uh, gay, uh, dressed in disguise as Nancy Drew, mm -hmm. who is in disguise as the ghost of, of the Lilac Inn. <laughs> and and in in the foreground, the figure with black hair is Nancy, who is also in disguise in a black wig, hiding out <laughs> to try to catch the ghost. Right, so it mm -hmm. it is a really weird little circumstance, and it was it, immortalized by this really great cover. And I'm really glad we're doing the the figures of it. Jen, I'm going to ask you know, do you I, you know did did you have any input on like which covers? to do or anything or I'm trying to remember if I made them some suggestions 
questions, uh, but I think they kind of just had a great idea just between being fans and, and yeah. Doc's wife, you know, in the books they have just kind of had some good ideas kind of on where to go. Like I might never have suggested Crooked Bannister because it's such a wacky book <laughs> and it's never been one that's been listed a ton, like say Hidden Staircase as a favorite. The cover's iconic though. I mean, it's this Pepto, Pepto-Bismol pink cover, you know, Nancy's <laughs> real bright. And this is that creepy robot. I always thought it was kind of a fun book and I always had an affection for the robot. And so just to see them take that and create a figure out of the robot was just really cool. And, and like doc was saying about this lilac in cover, I think when I was a kid and I first saw the cover, I was so confused before I read the book because I thought that was Nancy. And then when you read yes. the book, you realize who and what is going on on the cover. And it's just such a bizarre cover in some ways for Nancy Drew. But it's so cool that they were able to do both figures and have that sort of translucent uh, yes. figure for Nancy's doppelganger. So I thought that was an awesome uh, way that they brought these two covers to life. Um, you know, my favorite book was The Hidden Staircase and Old Attic was also uh -huh. a favorite. So I've been thrilled to see figures made out of those especially. Um, but just the whole thing is just... I've just been fangirling all over the place with these figures. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much. Um, Doc, I'm going to start off with you. Um, can you talk about the amazing add-ons? Because there is, I think, now correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's only two exclusive um, add-ons that's only exclusive to this Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, you're right. We're, there are uh, exclusives to the Kickstarter. Um, the, I, 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 my phone broke up a little bit at the beginning of the question. Oh, no. Would you, would you mind repeating it? Well, that's no problem. So, you know, um, I'm just going to ask like, you know, um, you know, um, because there, there are a couple add-ons to this. That's only exclusive to the Kickstarter. You know, can uh -huh. you talk about that? For, you know, I'll, I'll let you answer that. Then I'll ask Gavin and Jen to, you know, to chime in. Sure. Well, I'll tell you about the silhouette figures. So what is another thing that's iconic? to Nancy Drew covers uh, of a certain era, uh, because, you know, she's been in continuous publication for over 90 years. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there, are, there are things that that sort of are standbys for whole for decades at a time, and then sort of, uh, you know, get changed and then just get brought back. Uh, you know, end papers, for example, I miss end papers a lot. But um, the, one of the things that's sort of iconic to the cover of a certain era of Nancy Drew is these silhouettes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a silhouette, uh, it's an all black silhouette uh, in the shape of Nancy Drew. And there are a couple of different versions of it, a couple different, um, you know, po the posing and the clothes were a little bit different depending on the era, but you basically it's this wonderful, I mean, it says mystery. Like mm -hmm. you don't, you, she's, she's it, it, no matter what version of the silhouette you're looking at, she's clearly in the middle of investigating, but everything is, is dark. You don't mm -hmm. know what's going on. Like it's these, these wonderful little icons. And uh, we thought, how fun would it be to do an action figure of the silhouette? Uh, so mm -hmm. we have this uh, all black um, uh, action figure that replicates the silhouette that you can display on a stand that is all black uh, with uh, behind it, uh, you know, the the Nancy Drew books of the era when I was reading have these are iconic for their yellow spines and, and the yellow yes. on the covers. But um, the older sort of versions had, were these sort of 
a, a blue textile kind of color. Um, mm -hmm. And we've got a, a, a backdrop that rests behind the stand. Uh, and then you can pose your figure like a silhouette, comes in a hanging bag. So it's a separate kind of packaging uh, from everything else and uh, exclusive only to the campaign. So uh, even if these Nancy Drew figure line goes on beyond crowdfunding or in some way gets retail distribution, mm -hmm. you're not ever going to get this figure uh, in any other place. And Doc, there's one more add-on that's only exclusive to the Kickstarter. Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So what we're, we've, we couldn't believe we got permission to do this. Um, but uh, Simon and Schuster's, the, uh, who owns Nancy Drew and who we license the figures from, these are officially licensed figures, uh, gave us permission to write a new Nancy Drew story. I say us, we're, we're not writing it. It's being written by an official Simon and Schuster, Carolyn Keene. Um, but, he, you know, Nancy is, of course, still in publication. New Nancy Drew books come out all the time, but they are modernized and they're more stylistically contemporary. Uh, mm -hmm. And therefore, uh, even younger readers, my six-year-old, reads them. Um, and we're doing a new Nancy Drew mystery story in the style of the original of the Mildred Wirt Benson era uh, classic Nancy Drew story. It's a novella, not a full novel. It's so it'll be the equivalent of five chapters of of the uh, of the original novels, which were either 25 or 20 chapters, depending on the um, the edition. Uh, and uh, it'll be the equivalent of five chapters. It's being written by an official Carolyn Keene. We got, uh, we're going to publish it in the same size format so it can stick on your shelf with your classic Nancy Drew novels. Uh, it's, and it is got a cover by Ruth Sanderson, who is a classic Nancy Drew cover artist. Um, she, we, we were able to connect with her through Jen. And uh, she did an original Nancy Drew cover for our novella. Um, we are only uh, able to offer it through this campaign. It's an incentive uh, for for uh, collectors. Um, it's not going to be in bookstores. It's not a Simon and Schuster book mm -hmm. release. It's unique to this campaign. Gavin, do you want to add anything to a doc set, like your excitement when you heard about you guys are doing a novella? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean. Uh... Like Doc said, I just can't believe we're getting to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like pretty surreal. Um, and, and it's, you know, uh, what better way to celebrate a literary hero than with another adventure of that mm -hmm. literary hero? Um, so, yeah, super excited. Um, super. Uh, and it's also an opportunity for me to mention how amazing Simon and Schuster has been to work with on this mm -hmm. project. Uh, they, they've just championed everything uh we've we've tried to do it's been great um i i'll i'll brag a little bit about yes. kind of a third exclusive which is the t-shirt that comes with our all in pledge mm -hmm. uh we like a book you know we're not set up to just sell apparel um mm -hmm. but as a incentive um with the campaign we were able to uh use some of the classic nancy drew cover art uh and we kind of put it through the filter of what if this was like you know nancy drew art meets a, a concert shirt from the 70s so we picked a cover that has a real rock and roll kind of you know vibe with a skull mm -hmm. and the, the old oak tree uh and then on the back of the shirt 
where, you know, uh, anybody who who is not a, a Nancy Drew hardcore mm -hmm. fan will glance at it and think it's concert dates. Mm -hmm. But if you actually read the the text on the back, it's the original. Um, is it fifty two or fifty seven? Uh, the original run 56. of. 50, oh, thank you. I'm not a numbers guy. It's the original 56 uh, Nancy Drew book titles um, all listed out. So it's, it's basically like a cool Nancy Drew shirt disguised mm -hmm. as a rock tee. Um, and, you know, Jenny, uh, our designer, uh, worked with us to get it just right. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm really excited uh, that we get to throw that into the mix of the cool stuff we're making. Jen, before I get to you, so um, I'm going to ask only four more questions because I'm trying to um, slowly wrap this up because I, I don't want to keep you guys too much. Um, either Gavin or Doc, how did you guys come up with the, this is an off the cuff question. How did you guys come up with the idea of doing a novella for this campaign? I think that was uh, in Doc's head. That was all Doc. Yeah. I mean, it, it just sort of seemed natural. It was uh, by the seat of our pants what if we could what if we could do this yes. like they're they're not going to let us do this yeah. right like they're not like the book company is not going to let us mm, compete with their books by selling our own books are they but uh you know i honestly didn't think it was going to happen and they <laughs> were more than supportive they were super excited now jen my question to you about the novella i'm going to ask were you a were you, i'm just asking were you able to Look through the story. Were you able to read the story, the draft, or anything? It's still well, being written, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I did kind of help provide a synopsis or some ideas for it. You know, I kind of said it should focus on the figures themselves and draw them into this story because then you know it's they're both hand in hand, so there's mm -hmm. that synergy. So I suggested that, and I helped them find the cover artist because Doc reached out and he was like, you know, who would you suggest to do this? Mm -hmm. And Ruth Sanderson illustrated the early classic Nancy Drew paperbacks, starting with 57 on for a few. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so she was that early classic paperback illustrator and, and very classic style Nancy. And she's still doing amazing illustration art today. So I said, you know, contact her. She'd probably love to do it. And she did. So that was cool. So I'm sorry, Gavin or Doc, I'm sorry, someone was going to comment on something oh i was just gonna say yeah and jen's being humble she's been uh, uh instrumental in uh the approach on the novella and and getting it to where we are so far um and and yeah the the we we have our premise it's all laid out um mm -hmm. it will be written by our carolyn keen while we're working with the factory to pour plastic and get the toys just right so it will all hit, but it was important for us to launch the campaign with everyone knowing what the cover would mm -hmm. look like. Yeah. So that's why um, so much attention went into the cover first, um, you know, because we're, we're celebrating covers in many ways. But yeah, um, I can't wait. Uh, we're going to run every bit of the story through the uh, the gin filter um, mm -hmm. so we know we're getting it right. Nice. All right. Sorry. About three more questions. So Doc or Gavin. Let's say if someone misses out on this campaign, will there, you know, will will this be, you know, will the figures be um on the Wandering Planet Toys um, website in the future? They'll be completely screwed. They'll never be able to get these toys again. They absolutely <laughs> have to fund and buy them now. <laughs> now, we, we really hope that this, you know, 
um, uh, sparks a, 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 a blaze of, of Nancy Drew product for us to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truthful answer, and, and I'm being really honest, just based on our experience with the prisoner, is that if you do see this and you do love these, uh, then the best thing to do is pledge because one, that puts us a step closer to making them reality. We can't do it without the pledges. That's and true. two, um, there is a huge gap between our backers getting these figures and us getting them distributed and into a retail space. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people who come on early, one of the extra rewards of that is that you're going to get your toys probably nine months to a year before other people can even have a shot at them. Um, that, And that's not a strategy on our part. That's not us being elitist. It's just the reality of a small toy company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, yeah, if people are into them, I, I highly, highly say, I, I suggest, um, you know, join us now and pledge because it helps in many ways. And then you're just guaranteed um, to get the figures you want. Um, that being said, we do hope to bring versions of these to retail and to comic book shops and stuff. Um, but that will be a separate part of the journey and a little bit down the line. Now, two more questions. Um, I'm going to ask this question to you, Doc, because I want to talk just one question about the prisoner. Now, if there are any listeners, you know, who are, who is a big prisoner fan of the TV show, um, and they missed out on the Kickstarter, is there any way for them to, you know, um, get um, any of those action figures? Well, right now, we are working on a distribution deal that will get the prisoner figures uh, back out. We Mm -hmm. get demands uh, and requests all the time uh, to sell them again or to bring them back out. Uh, And we're stock just sold out so quickly uh, uh, that uh, we don't really have that much surplus that we can distribute in any other way. But we are currently working to bring uh, more Wave 1 figures out so that mm-hmm. they can reach people. Uh, yes. Like Gavin said, the guys, the, the, the people that backed our uh, Kickstarter campaign have them in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who still want them are, are sort of uh, waiting until that next opportunity comes up. I can tell you definitively, though, that we're doing a Wave 2 of figures as well. So it won't be just this wave uh, coming in the future. It'll be a, a whole nother set. Uh, and we look forward to, uh, uh, you know, get, 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 when the time is right, announcing what figures are going to be mm-hmm. uh, in wave number two. Okay, so I'm okay. I'm going to make this clear. I'm just joking on this part. Oh my God, Gavin and Doctor, you just want to take my wallet right now? <laughs> <laughs> Done. For, yeah. And for listeners, <laughs> I'm when I interview. Sorry, Jen. When I interviewed Doc and Gavin about the Prisoner Kickstarter, you know, I. I went online, I uh, I went on the Kickstarter, I made my pledge and everything. And then while I'm interviewing them, they're going, oh yeah, Jason, also too, we only have this exclusive prisoner, the arrival action figures, only exclusive to the Kickstarter. That's all they had to say. And what happened? <laughs> I got, well, I know this is only audio, but I got that figure. Oh, I, there he is. I have Love to. it. <laughs> Love it. And that's, you know, that's, that's the silhouette figure for Nancy. You know, that's the special one. That's the one that you hold up in your collection and say, you know, I was there at the beginning and I helped these guys make it happen. And I have this figure that 
you can't buy anywhere else. And that's okay. We know to do that because we're collectors and we're excited when we get our hands on stuff like that ourselves. Okay. Last question. Um, and Gavin, I'm going to start off with you, Doc and Jen. Any closing words to our listeners? Oh, wow. Well, first, uh, thank you, Jason, just uh, for the enthusiasm and, you know, your time and always just supporting the crazy stuff we're trying to do. Um, and to your listeners, uh, you know, um, thank you. And, you know, just keep doing what you do. And we keep doing, you know, uh, it's good to be a fan. It's good to celebrate things and to yes. uh, run with your imagination. Um, and we do it. And we're glad you do it. And uh, the world needs more of it. Doc? And, and and I'll say um, it, thank you to the listeners for listening. And please consider backing our Kickstarter because we can't make these action figures without you. Um, Nancy Drew, after 90 years, after almost a century, uh, deserves action figures. And so please help get us across the finish line. Please help, uh, help us uh, make these uh, figures happen. Jen? And just as a fan, I mean, they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as far as a fan goes and looking at this, even though I've been helping behind the scenes. Um, I know fans are thrilled. I know they're out there pledging their support. I mean, we're over the halfway mark already, and it's just been a little over 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So the fans are turning out. They're really excited. And I just I can't say enough about this it's just mm -hmm. as a fan and as a collector it's amazing and i tell everybody you know get a set to keep minty because that's what we do as collectors but get a set to play with because yeah. you know you're going to want to take them out and and get that tangible nostalgia going so yeah thank you for yeah. having us it's true it's 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 not it's not fun until you put the screwdriver into nancy's <laughs> hand and she opens up the uh the mysterious old clock <laughs> And those are the accessories. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. yes. So, Jen, I'm just joking on this part. As <laughs> adult collectors, we do not play with our toys. We just pose <laughs> them on our shelves. <laughs> right, Doc and Gavin? Um, <laughs> yeah. And we do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah um, Gavin, Doc, and Jen... Mahalo. Thank you very much for your time. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview all of you. I wish you a big success with the Nancy Drew Kickstarter campaign. Thank you. You know, I just wish you all the success and thank you very much. Thank you. Mahalo. Thank, thank you, Jason. You. Mahalo. And again, I want to give Hannah Bahedri of Superfan Promotions a big shout out for asking Comics for Fun and Profit um, to do this interview. And thank Tana, thank you very much for all your work behind the scenes in setting up this interview. Thank you very much. Now, if you are a big Nancy Drew fan or a toy collector, please check out this Kickstarter campaign. It is live right now and will end on May 17th. And this part, I'm I'm really being serious. I am. If you are a husband, a partner, or a friend and know someone who loves Nancy Drew, I really think that this would make a great birthday or Christmas present, you know, when it comes out. I, I really do, you know. Um, and I want to thank Drew, the host of Comics for Fun and Profit, for putting this episode together. Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And I want to thank you, the listeners. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha.
As you know, our LCS is Cowabunga Comics, Lake Country's Wisconsin's best pop culture destination for new comics, back issues, gaming, retro video games, vinyl, and figures. Give them a call, 262-569-9999. Check them out online at cowabungacomics.com or follow them on Twitter at Incredicow. Um, they are our LCS and we utilize their deep discount mail order service to bring Oconomowoc, Wisconsin closer to us. They'll take care of you. Tell them Drew and Kyle sent you. Say hi to Eric and James from us. If you need an LCS, you can't go wrong with Cowabunga Comics. The good folks at Comics for Fun and Profit have been doing two episodes a week um, for quite some time now. And it's all thanks to, first of all, Jason. And second of all, our patrons who allow us to add the space on our server, broadcast more, store more, share more with you listeners. I'm envious of those of you who have unlimited storage and media server capabilities. We we pay for ours here at, at the C4FAP. It ain't cheap. We thank you so much for those of you who go to patreon.com slash comics fun profit and contribute at any level to say thanks to say i want to be a part of your slack channel conversations i want to get exclusives i want to get early access i want to get ad free access i want to get swag i want to get some free stuff whatever your reasoning is we appreciate it at any level because it does make a difference so from the bottom of kyle and i and jason's heart Thank you for contributing 